Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Well, good morning. My name's Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life, and we're so glad that you're here today. Uh, We are starting a brand new series today uh, called The Holy Spirit. And as you saw from the bumper uh, with a little subtitle called Deeper, Not Weirder, and that's very intentional, and we're going to talk more about that um, today. This is Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris, the lead pastor here at New Life. This is your first time uh, with us. Uh, that, that's who he is, and we're going to do a tag team preach today. Never done this before, and I thought it would be cool if we did like the tap-in thing, you know? So like when it's Chris' turn, I'll be like, yeah. yeah. I saw that on wrestling growing up. And, uh, and I, I, you know, it took me a long time to realize that was fake, but um, <laughs> the WWE anyway. It really? Was WWF. It's fake? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, man. I thought Bruno I let the cat Martino out of the bag. Sorry about that. But anyway, um, so we're, we're just really glad that you're here today, and, uh, and we're really looking forward to this series, because back in 2007, actually, Pastor Chris did this series, and I, I actually came a couple of months after he did this series, and I heard all about it, and it's just such an incredible series. Um, and then we did it again in 2010, and then we get, did it again in 2014. And it's, it's really about a debate that Pastor Chris had with himself for 33 years, which, by the way, is how old I am. Um, so that's, that's crazy, crazy long time that he'd been having this debate uh, with himself about the Holy Spirit. So, you know, here's, but here's the deal. We did this series in 2014, but nearly half of you weren't here at that point. Um, so it's really important that we go through this again. And, and Chris, I'd like you to tell the story again, what this debate was that you were having uh, with yourself about the Holy Spirit. All right. The way it started, Brad, and again, some of you heard this story in 2007, 10, 14, and now again in 17. If you did, repetition is the mother of learning. But it's so important that we want to share it. What happened was, back when I was 17, my brother Ken was 15, we were at basketball practice after school, and Ken got the cornea of his eye torn playing basketball. Somebody poked him in the eye, tore his cornea, so they took him to the hospital, and he was scheduled for surgery the next day. That night, our pastor, Andy Wygant, and I traveled to Brookville, PA, um, to visit my brother Ken in the hospital. And at the end, Ken had uh, patches on both of his eyes. The doctors wanted to limit the movement of the of, of the affected eye, so he put patches on both eyes. Well, anyway, Andy said when we got up to leave, hey, Ken, how about if I pray and ask God to heal your eye? And Ken said, well, couldn't hurt. So Andy laid hands on, he asked me to lay hands on Ken. We did. We prayed and we went home. So the next day, I expected, you know, go to school, go to practice, come home and go to the hospital and visit Ken in the hospital because in those days, they kept you in the hospital till you got better. Novel concept. But anyway, um, uh, I, I got home that day and Ken was sitting on the couch watching television. And I said, what happened? And he said, well, that, this morning, I got, you know, the doctor came in to look at my eye before the surgery. He took the patch off my eye, and he said, oh, chart must be wrong because your eye's fine. And uh, he said, no, this is the eye. And the guy goes, no, it can't be. So he took the patch off the other eye, and it was fine, which you would expect because that was the good eye to start with. So anyway, the doctor said, this is impossible. Nobody's cornea, you know, torn as bad as your eye. Nobody's cornea heals overnight. And Ken said, oh, it must have been Andy. And the pastor said, who's Andy? And he goes, he's our pastor. And, and the doctor didn't buy that, but, but there wasn't any real other explanation. So Ken's at home. And my brother Ken, if you've ever met him, I mean, like, he's like, mm, just like this. I mean, he came home and he was like, oh, I went to the doctor, you know, my eye was healed. And now I'm here watching TV. It was no big deal. 
But I was freaked out. I was amazed. I couldn't believe that it actually happened. And so I ran back to Andy's house, and I knocked on the door. And when Andy came to the door, I said, Andy, Andy, Ken's eye is healed. And he goes, praise the Lord. And I said, Andy, what happened? He said, you were there. We prayed for Ken, and God healed his eye. And I said, but Andy, that kind of stuff doesn't happen uh, today. And he said, well, then you explain it. And he had me, you know. And I said, come on, Andy, tell me really what happened. He said, look, you've read the Bible. You know how Jesus you know, touched people and healed them. Same thing happened. We, in the name of Jesus, we asked for healing. The Holy Spirit healed him. And I, I still couldn't figure it out. I said, that stuff happened then, but it doesn't happen now. He goes, well, Ken's eye's better now. <laughs> so he said, sit down, Chris. And we sat down. He got the Bible out. And he, what he did was what we're going to do basically during five weeks. But he didn't take five weeks. He only took like a half an hour. And he went through all the passages that talked about the promise of the Holy Spirit coming. And he talked about how John the Baptist had said, I baptize you with water. He's the guy that prepared the way for Jesus. And he said, one is coming after me who's greater than me. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then he talked about how Jesus talked about the promise of the Father. And then he took me through the book of Acts and the day of Pentecost and how the Holy Spirit came and how um, Gentiles, meaning non-Jews were baptized in, in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 10. And so anyway, all of this to simply say, this is what happened, Chris. And then he said something to me, and, and, and here's what it was. He said, would you like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I had no idea what he was talking about. I mean, I grew up in church, but our church never talked about the Holy Spirit, certainly never talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so one thing I knew, I trusted Andy. The other thing I knew was my brother had a torn cornea and it was healed. So if there was some kind of power like that, sure, I wanted it. And so I said, yes, yeah, pray for me. So Andy put his hand on my head and he started praying. And the events of this day are etched in my mind like they happened yesterday. But the one thing I can't remember is how long he prayed. It seemed like it was hours. It seemed like he was praying for hours for me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he said, when it happens, you'll know because you'll start praying in a different language that you've never heard before. You probably won't understand it. Well, after a long time, it never happened. And I said, Andy, thanks for trying, but, but this isn't happening. And he said, look, Chris, when you're ready, it's going to happen. So that night I went home and at home, I went to bed and my brother Ken and I shared a bedroom. So I made sure Ken was sleeping. You know, how Ken, Ken, he was sleeping. So I sat up and I said, okay, God. And I remember this prayer as if it were written on the screen. I said, I don't know about this Holy Spirit and be baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongue stuff. But Andy seems to think it's really important. So if you're going to do it, would you just get it over with? <laughs> and I've always sort of talked with God like that. He doesn't seem to mind because, boom, all of a sudden I was praying in this language I never heard before. And, uh, and then he told me he wanted me to be a pastor. But that's a story for another day. But, uh, you know, when I started praying in tongues, I thought it was sort of weird, but at the same time, really cool. And so what we're going to do during this time is talk about the debate that that moment started. Because what happened that night is I started to ask myself, can this happen to everybody? Can everybody be given the gift of tongues? And that's the wrong question. And I asked that question for, you know, basically 33 years. And so every time I asked that question, the answer came up, no. You, everybody doesn't get the gift of tongues because the gift of tongues is a spiritual gift, just like the gift of leadership and mercy and healing and so on. We find, the, you know, some lists of gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 and in 1 Peter. And in those areas, when we look at that, we're talking about specific gifts given by the Holy Spirit to build up the church. And everybody doesn't get the gift of tongues, just like everybody doesn't get the gift of leadership or everybody doesn't get the gift of evangelism. So, but the thing is, 10 years ago, I asked a different question. 
The question I started to ask was, is being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit different from receiving the Holy Spirit when we receive Jesus Christ? When we're born again, we receive Jesus, but we also receive the Holy Spirit and God the Father, because there's only one God. So we receive God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit when we believe. But is there something more? And the answer to that question is, yes, there is something more. So Chris, I've heard you share this story a number of cases. In fact, I read it in your book, Shameless Plug, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Beach, which you should all pick up and read, by the way. Um, but, uh, but I just got to ask, you know, what does this have to do with the series? Why is that so important? That's a good question, Brad. And during these five weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to do the same thing we did in 2007, 2010, 2014, and now, because it's that important. This is the only series in the history of New Life that we've repeated more than once. We have repeated a couple of series twice, but we haven't repeated one like this. And we're going to continue to do this. If the church keeps growing the way it has been, and half of you are new every three years, we're going to talk about this every three years, because the person and work of the Holy Spirit is so misunderstood in our culture. And as a matter of fact, this book, the Bible, is the book that we base everything we do on here at New Life. And one of the things it talks about, actually, from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, is the Holy Spirit. And so we want to talk about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And we, we, we've always been committed to, to teach the whole counsel of God. And, and remember, if you were here for the last seven weeks before this, when we were doing the Make War series, every weekend we had the same commitment. It was, it was um, I will overcome in whatever the se- one of the seven deadly sins, you know, pride, lust, sloth, whatever it was, in the what? Resurrection power of Jesus. And the resurrection power of Jesus is the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's what this series is going to help us to understand more fully, the Holy Spirit. So right now, we're going to ask you to do something, uh, whether you're new or you've been around New Life for a long time, and that's just simply to withhold your judgment on the Holy Spirit's current work among us until you've heard this whole series. You see, in the American church, there's a, there's a lot of opinions about the Holy Spirit. Um, if, you're, if you're somebody who, who's never heard of the Holy Spirit, you didn't know there was a Holy Spirit, um, maybe you're coming in, you, you don't even know Jesus, that's, that's okay. We're so glad you're here today. Um, we want you to know Jesus. But the scripture teaches us about the Holy Spirit. And what we want to do is we don't want a, a man or a denomination's opinion. We want God's opinion. And so that's why we're looking at the scripture all throughout this series to see what did God say about the Holy Spirit. And most pastors in America, that when they talk about the Holy Spirit, and maybe you've heard this before, they talk about the general presence of God or, or uh, uh, being in, in his power for daily Christian living, um, those kinds of things. They're not really specific about the, the person of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on uh, throughout this series. But here's one of the key things, and, and I really want to encourage you to be here every week because each of these messages actually builds on the other. So this week and next week, we're going to lay the foundation. But then in weeks three, four, and five, we're, um, we're going to talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're going to specifically talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and what happens when we are. And so we want to give you an opportunity on those weeks, weeks three, four, and five, to actually come up front and be prayed for to receive um, the Holy Spirit, either to be filled or to be baptized. And so we are uh, really, really excited about that because we know that God's going to um, do something incredible in our lives. But we want to let you know about two things, okay? Two things that we want to assure you. Number one, unless you thought we were bizarre before today, uh, you, you won't be changing your opinion of us um, through this series, okay? <laughs> Number two, New Life isn't becoming a church where people roll in the aisles, okay? Air high five for that. 
right? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, but, but we're not going to be that. We're not going to be barking like dogs or anything like that. But we do want to live in the presence, the power, um, and, and, and have a deep relationship, really, um, with the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's what this series is all about. We want to go deeper with God as He intends. Um, not, we don't want to get weird. Um, we just want to go deep with Him. Thanks, Brad. I think that's a very helpful distinction, deeper, not weirder. In my own life, you know, I've been filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit since I was 17, but I haven't always availed myself of that power. And one of the things you'll find out if you become baptized in the Holy Spirit is it won't make you perfect. I wish it did, but it won't make you perfect right away. Just like everything else in our walk with Jesus Christ, um, God is... There's an old saying, God's a gentleman. He doesn't force us to do anything. The Holy Spirit never, you won't be like taken over. You know, it's not, the, the demons possess us. The Holy Spirit fills us. It's a very, very different thing. And, and just to put your mind at ease, if you trust Jesus as your Savior Lord, you can't be possessed by a demon. But anyway, the point is that when we let Jesus Christ fill us with his Holy Spirit, which he promised to do, and that's what we're talking about today and next week, the promise of the Holy Spirit, then our lives will be radically different. And the thing is, our, as pastors, our job is not just to deliver messages or instruction. And I want you to understand that. Our job is to deliver people from the bondage of sin and ignorance to freedom in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we hope this series will do for everybody. And one of the things we know is, in our daily lives, the Holy Spirit seeks to deliver us from bondage to sin and ignorance. And in my own life, just in this past month in particular, since I went on retreat in May, the Holy Spirit has been impressing on me something very, very important for me. And this may or may not even make sense to you right now, but that's okay. It, it will later. We'll talk about it more. Every person, every human being has three parts uh, which makes them up, according to the Scripture. We have a spirit, which is the part of us which connects with the Holy Spirit. We have a soul, and our soul is our mind, our emotions, and our will. And then we have a body, the physical part of us that we can see. That's the part that gets old and turns 60 and 70 and so on until you die. All right. But, but the, the soul, the mind, emotions, and the will, what the Holy Spirit has been telling me is how important it is to submit my, my soul, my mind, my emotions and will every single day. Whenever, you know, Jesus says, take up your cross daily, what he really means is that you're supposed to crucify your mind, your, your emotions, and your will, and let the Holy Spirit lead in every one of those areas. So that's one of the things that we'll be talking about more later on in the series. But our prayer for this series is very simple. We, we pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to each of us in a way that makes us deeper, live deeper in our life with him and uh, in our relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at the take-home point right now. And if you're new here to New Life, the take-home point's the one thing we want you to walk away with today and to live out in the coming week. And, and here it is. Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit to those who trust in Him. Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit to those who trust in Him. You see, there's no magic formula um, to receive the Holy Spirit. It would be nice if the Bible, you opened it up and it was like A plus B equals C. Uh, but that doesn't happen a lot of times in the Bible. There's some things like that, but not, not relating to the Holy Spirit. And so what we're going to do, though, is we're going to look at the Scripture. And today we're going we're to look at uh, Scripture in the account of Luke, chapter 24, about two guys. Um, after Jesus was resurrected, these two guys were walking back to Emmaus, and, and they were sad because they thought Jesus was dead. But then he meets with them on the road, and, and that's what we're going to read about right here, beginning in verse 35. It says this, Then the two... Uh, then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. 
They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he had said this, he showed his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And then look at verse 49 very closely. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just invite you now in the power of your Holy Spirit to open our minds, to understand more about the the person of the Holy Spirit. Lord, as you speak to us, as you teach us, would you draw us deeper and closer to you that our relationship with you might be strong, that we might be deep um, with you and that we can trust you more and more every day. God, we just ask that you would do that today and throughout the rest of this series. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the disciples didn't get it. They had lived with Jesus day in and day out for three years, and yet something was missing. They were disciples, and we're all disciples if we're following Jesus. That's what a disciple is, somebody that's following, somebody that's learning the ways of Jesus. But the disciples needed something more, just as we do. And they needed the active presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what all of us need, is the active presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus promised when he appeared to them after the resurrection. When Jesus showed up in that room that day after he rose from the dead in the evening, all the disciples were there except for Thomas, and and Jesus appeared. And it says first they were frightened. Now, they shouldn't have been frightened. First of all, Jesus had told them that he was going to die and rise from the dead. Secondly, the women had come and said, Jesus is alive. Then these two guys who had seen Jesus on the road to Emmaus said, Jesus is alive. But then Jesus actually showed up. He was there in the room with them and everything was good. And that's the whole point. When God is with us, everything is good. And what Jesus promised is we can have that experience even now through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus actually told the disciples that they were going to be better off if he left them and returned to heaven so that they could have the Holy Spirit in them. And and the reason that Pastor Brad and I are sharing this message as we kick off this series is because we want you to understand something. This is so important that both of us want to be up here, and we want you to understand that not just the two of us, but all of the staff here at New Life is on the same page when it comes to the work of the, of the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Brad and I come from very different church backgrounds as far as the Holy Spirit goes. As I told you, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 17, but until I was, I had never even heard about this work of the Holy Spirit. In our church, we really never talked about it. And Pastor Brad came from a denomination where they believe that the, the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in, a, in the sense of baptizing is, is over. It doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and I've come to learn that Apart from the ongoing presence and and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can never be as close to God as He uh, fully intends us to be. And and, and as as the disciples would discover, even in the Scripture, you know, with Jesus leaving, Jesus actually said it was a good thing that He would leave, um, and, and His disciples didn't understand that. But what they finally understood later was that when they received the Holy Spirit, they could actually be closer to God. 
they could, they could draw deeper to him. But here's what Jesus said about that in verse 49. I am going to send you what my father's promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And the disciples in that moment, they didn't, they didn't get it because Jesus didn't come right out and say, hey, listen, the promise is the Holy Spirit. But as we're going to see from the rest of the scriptures that we're going to be looking at, the Holy Spirit was the promise. And this much the disciples could have known that they were to wait until that power came. Let's use an analogy right now. Let's say after church, when you go out to the parking lot, every single one of you, there's a brand new car waiting for you, okay? It's not going to happen, but let's just say it's an analogy, okay? <laughs> so there's a brand new car waiting for you. It has the owner's manual, so you know how it operates and you know, you know how to maintain it. And it's filled with gas. It has, you know, oil. Every, all the fluids are topped off. The battery's fully charged. Everything ready for you to get in, drive away, and go tell somebody about Jesus. Well, everything except for one thing, no ignition key. No, no, no source to get that power going. And the Holy Spirit is the ignition key. And if you think about it, the apostles had everything. You know, they had Jesus. Jesus was with them. They had his teaching. They understood how their life was supposed to work. And now that Jesus was alive again, they had a renewed passion for him. Their car was all, you know, gassed up, ready to go. Except they were missing the power source. And the power source is that promise, the Holy Spirit. And the scripture teaches us clearly, in fact, Jesus teaches us clearly, that the promise is the Holy Spirit. Here's what he said to the disciples the night before he died, the night before he was crucified. He said this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Listen, forever. The Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. And look what it says. But you know him, for he lives with you. And then he says, and will be in you. So how long did Jesus say the Holy Spirit would be with us? Forever. Which means he's still available to us today. That's a very, very important thing. Uh, so throughout this series, we're going to be asking you to think about two questions. These are two of the most important questions ever, and, and everybody has to answer them for yourself. The first question is simply this, is God's word true? Is this book true? And, and the second question is, has the Holy Spirit ever stopped working? So the first question is, you know, can we rely on the Bible? And here at New Life, we have seven core values, and one of them says we trust the Bible. In other words, we've settled that point here at New Life. The Bible is true. We believe it. We trust it. But that doesn't matter for your personal life. I mean, it's true whether you believe it or not. Like I've always said, it doesn't matter what you believe. It matters what's true. It is true, but until you trust it to be true, it won't change your life. And the second question has major implications for this series, and that is, has the Holy Spirit ever stopped working? The short answer to that is no. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit has not stopped working. You see, there, there is uh, some people that teach that the, when the last apostle died, whose name was John, that the Holy Spirit's work ceased. Uh, there, it's called cessationism is, is what that's referred to. Um, but, but that's not what the Bible teaches. It's not in the Bible. It doesn't say that. I mean, could you imagine that when the last apostle died, all the supernatural um, power and, and, and the miracles just stopped working? Well, we've seen God work since the last apostle. We've seen miracles. We've seen all kinds of things happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. So human experience doesn't confirm that the Holy Spirit has ever stopped working. I mean, just think about Chris's experience with his brother Ken's eye and my experience even being baptized in the Holy Spirit um, proves that, that the Holy Spirit is still working. But I want you to picture this. I want you to picture the Apostle John. He's on his deathbed. He's about um, ready to die. He's going to go see Jesus. 
and uh, because he was the last living apostle. And at that moment, all the all over the world, there were spirit-filled believers. They were they were speaking in tongues. They were uh, they were teaching. They were leading. They were uh, miracles were being done. And then John breathes his last breath, and then all of a sudden, that stops. I mean, honestly, does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. God doesn't work that way. That's not what the scripture teaches. And so that's um, what we're going to be looking at through the rest of this series. So Jesus predicted the promise of his father, the coming of the Holy Spirit. We live in a time when long after that happened, it happened on what we call Pentecost. It was a Jewish holy day, now a Christian holy day. Happened 2,000 years ago. So Jesus fulfilled the promise that day on Pentecost. And we took the time today to sort of lay this groundwork. We're going to actually take time again next week to lay more groundwork about the promise of the Holy Spirit because we want everybody to understand who the Holy Spirit is, what he does in our lives. And we want to take it slowly because we recognize that not everybody has heard about this before. And so... Um, we want to have this strong biblical foundation. Actually, one lady came up to me last night and said, I'm confused right now. Is that okay? Yes, it's okay. In fact, you might have more questions right now than you had before you came in. That's okay because throughout the course of, the, uh, of this series, I, I believe your questions will be answered. If you have immediate questions, you can't wait. Just email me at chris at newlifexn.org and I'll do my best to answer. If I know the answer, I'll give it to you biblically. I won't make something up. If I don't know, I'll just say I don't know because there's a lot of things that we don't know in this life. But we do know the Holy Spirit is still working. So here's today's commitment. I will let the Holy Spirit fill me daily this week. Now, in order for that to happen, two things have to be true. Number one is Jesus Christ has to be your Savior and Lord because obviously the Holy Spirit can't fill us up if we're not, first of all, following Jesus as Savior and Lord. The second thing is we have to believe that the Holy Spirit is still working. Why would we ask somebody who we don't think is working to work in our lives? But when we do, and this is the key thing, when we do, Jesus is Lord and Savior in our life and we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us up, He will. So when he does, the first thing we need to do is obey what he says. Whenever he tells us to do something, then we, if we do it, there's more likelihood that he'll speak to us again, clearly and powerfully. We need to listen. Just like everything in prayer, you know, prayer is not just talking. Prayer is also listening. So when we pray and ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit and say, teach me or show me, what do you want me to do today? Take at least, you know, a few minutes and listen. And then again, when he responds, then, we will, then, you, then you want to do it. So right now, what we're going to do is we're going to close this day with prayer, not for you to come up and be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but just for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and for any of you who have trusted him today to take that next step in trusting him. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you that your um, spirit is active. We thank you that you are still working in and through people. We thank you for miracles that happen, and we thank you for things that we don't even see as miracles, like your guidance and your direction in everyday, specific, mundane activities. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be poured into us today, that we can honor you, that we can follow you, and that we can serve you faithfully. In Jesus' name, amen.